0: And welcome to Life and Inside Job, where today it's all about sex or rather sensual pleasure. And I love and hate talking about sex. It's a very sticky subject, after all, in all kinds of ways. So I was excited to listen in to Mangala Holland's Wisdom because she knows a lot about this stuff and how to support people to find more sensual pleasure in their lives in a way that is absolutely not about looking sexy for other people. No surprises then that there is quite a lot of explicit language in this episode and more of my terrible jokes and the postman makes an appearance as well. Mangala Holland is a woman's empowerment and sexuality coach and a facilitator. She describes herself as being on a mission to help pussy owners become empowered through loving themselves fiercely, celebrating their sexuality, and overcoming the fear, guilt, and shame that keeps them playing small. And what I love about Mangala is that she has a beautiful, noble shit fluff-free, grounded, dogma-free style. And we lay it all out for you here. Thank you so much for coming to chat with me, Mangala.
1: Oh, thank you, Kate. I'm delighted delighted to have this conversation.
0: The place that I wanted to start was to talk
1: first about how
0: How can we be confident in our sexuality given that as, and we're we're talking mostly about, you work with women mostly? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So let's frame this around women's sexuality. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. How can we be confident in our sexuality when mostly, certainly for women of my age, I'm in my Mm fifties, that was shut down hard um as a as a child Mm -hmm. and as a teenager it was only ever about pleasing white men Mm -hmm. so do we have a hope in hell of feeling confident
1: in our sexuality (laughs) after that (laughs) the the short answer is yes (laughs) um yeah and I look at you know I'm I'm just I'm almost 50 as well and um I look at my journey, the journey I've been on, I look at the journey of my clients um, and it is, I see this work as a deep reclamation of the parts of us that have been shut down. Mm. And as you say, you know, for those of us who've grown up in white Western environments, perhaps with religious conditioning, society being very um, squashing down of anything, especially anything connected to female pleasure and desire is seen as dangerous as taboo as shameful um because it's all hidden (laughs) i really think that's a a big part of it you know when you think of it, male male arousal is very obvious Mm -hmm. shall we say physically Mm -hmm. um and there's that very linear powerful connotation with that with with women because i think because it's all hidden inside it's um there's a different element to that and um there's so many things that can block our confidence in sexuality so of course upbringing um just the layers of shame you know like anything that you've mm. you were told especially when you were younger it kind of it can it can stay as an imprint and whether that's mm. stuff you were told not to do as a child or just not being confident and exuberant and spontaneous which is you know that is an essence of sexual energy or just being that's that sense of freedom and it can it can be things like you know impacts from previous lovers where somebody said something about your body and it's Mm. and it's stuck with you um all of this stuff and of course internalized patriarchy (laughs) we grow up with all these magazines and movies and everything else that give a very um specific idea of what what a a woman should look like and how she should behave and Mm. um there's all of that and then you add in like the explosion of porn in the last 20 years Mm. and what what labia should look like you know there's the full range of Mm. of stuff and then if you throw trauma in the mix it's deep stuff you know um but the ways we can become more confident in our sexuality, I really believe this is where the empowerment is, is by learning to discover for ourselves what feels good in our bodies and discovering mm. it for us, not for not for anybody else. And it's not about how we look, but about how we feel from the mm. inside out. Mm. Um, and that's where I get so many great results with my clients is because we do a lot of work with movement and and doing embodiment practices to tune into what it feels like to be in your body and not stuck in your head which is a common thing for many women um and also staying in the body feeling safe in your body and starting to notice what feels good and orienting towards what's pleasurable Mm -hmm. Um, not just sexually but everything you know like feeling the sun on your skin or having a lovely cup of tea or like really good food it's like doing the things that make you feel good and really Mm. tracking how that feels for you and nourishing yourself in that way and that starts to open things up and then when you take that into sexual explorations particularly with self-pleasure and start to really work through whatever layers of numbness and stuff and getting out of your head and into your body this is where the magic is um mm. and i've got i've had two clients in the last two weeks who said to me i've just discovered that i love being on top <laughs> and i was always i always felt too shy or too insecure to to do that because of how mm. i felt my body looked mm. and they've discovered that now everything's waking up inside and they're feeling just great in are you know from the inside out it's like oh that feels really good (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and they're starting to experience orgasms that they've never had before and it's like great (laughs) you know Um,
0: yeah so
1: I I think I think
0: that what I observe is that because we've marinated in all this stuff Mm. you know it's not just a sort of conscious understanding of oh yes well so and so said this to me about my breasts so I blah blah whatever um we it's often we often don't it's so the negativity is so much uh part of who we are that we can't yeah. even identify it yeah. and the levels of numbness are actually quite profound because if something is numb you don't know if that it's there
1: yeah yeah No? Right? yeah and one thing I tell my clients all the time is numbness is also a sensation. Mm. It's feedback, you know, and numbness can be emotional as well as physical. And there's mm. always a, a correlation between the two, you know. Mm. Um, and this is where, you know, I've worked with people who've been to traditional therapists or GPs. And they're just given some massive plug-in devices and said, just go home and keep plugging away. And this will fix you. And um Yeah, I'm seeing the (laughs) the reaction on your face there is just like, you know, it's, it's, it's again, um, pathologizing, lack of pleasure. And there's so much medical gaslighting and stuff that happens towards Mm -hmm. women in general, anyway, anything to do with sexual health, that when you throw that in the mix as well, it's it yeah, it, it doesn't work. And as you say, it, this negativity is. I really noticed that here in England since I've recently moved back.
0: <laughs> the, the... <laughs> because say say a bit about where you where you've come from and yeah, yeah. what you've moved back to, because that sounds really
1: interesting. Yeah, so I spent. I've been a, I've been overseas for 11 years and I spent five years in Australia, in Melbourne. And before that, I did five years in Thailand on a small island. And I've also done a lot of traveling all over like India, Mexico, various other places. Um, and some of the communities I was in in Thailand and on my traveler days were very free and open and expressive. And that was a that was a revelation for me, having come from stodgy, stiff England and my dad's repressed catholic upbringing and all the you know all the stuff that got conditioned onto me and i was very very blocked in all of this until i left and went away and um but what was interesting about those circles is they were they were very white it was mostly young beautiful people a lot of you know the whole yoga yogi lululemon kind of <laughs> crowd and i really struggled to fit in with that and i i didn't realize I was squashing myself into something I wasn't because I was an older woman denying the elements of aging <laughs> within that. And once I left those communities and, and moved to Australia, I, I really tapped into something much deeper. Um, it was much more authentic and about my mm-hmm. own authentic pleasure and power. Um, and I think that's one of the beauties of the aging process is um, is allowing that to unravel. And then coming back here, I've only been back since August. And um, it's such a fascinating thing because I, in my old days, I was in the corporate world and, you know, I had this background in that. And also I would travel all over the country watching football every weekend with the lads and drinking 12 pints of lager and being one of the boys. And um, now I find it fascinating to just, yeah, there's so much of this is mindset work as well um and really pulling apart like well, what's actually mine and what's what's the stuff I've, the the messages i've had from society and those around me mm. um yeah so did you
0: notice um a difference between attitudes in melbourne and in where well, are you know in the you're in the west country aren't
1: you? yeah i've just moved to glastonbury um which is a bubble in itself as you could say that's uh, an interesting my episode. friend my
0: friend uh he lived in
1: where, where, where did he live wells
0: he used to talk about and this was quite quite some time ago he talked about the the townies and the edgers
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely so that's a whole thing but um i i mean there is a bit of a difference i think with australia in here but Again, there's very, very similar mm. similar issues just playing out in different ways. And my clients are all over the world. So I've got a lot of my clients are in the States and... The same stuff, just a different lens, you know, particularly okay. some of the the um and working with some people who are in very, very conservative states in the states, like really religious, um, and some women of colour who've had like very, very strong religious upbringings and stuff, and just unpulling their layers of conditioning is it's fascinating. It really is, mm-hmm. you know. Um and yeah I've also got clients in India who've got their own kind of challenges so it's like this stuff plays out for all of us in different ways Mm. um yeah but I think in England it seems to be the negativity is a real a real thing so much I want to ask you about how
0: how can I weave this into into something coherent rather than me firing (laughs) firing (laughs) random questions at you like ping pong balls okay so um okay so going back to what you were saying about pathologizing and Mm. people going to their GPs and being told to go and um shove this up there Mm. and deal with it so I want to talk please about shoving things up there sure let's go there As you can see, I'm going for the subtle, embodied approach. <laughs> yeah. Very subtle, um, because I I can't because there is so much damage done by from um, traditional medicine and from the less ethical department of complementary pleasure medicine. Mm-hmm um by shoving things up there and in a way it doesn't matter if it's a is it, I, I've, I've seen things like bacon tongs oh for working on your pelvic floor
1: oh right yeah yeah yeah
0: evil i mean yeah. just and yes. yoni eggs and stuff um could you speak to that a bit, please yes, yes could you speak to um <laughs> Body, fat, body, health, trauma is what I'm. Yeah, asking. yeah. And the
1: how to, yeah. Yeah, them. yeah. So, for example, um, and as you say, it can also come through these sexuality circles and and coaches mm. and teachers. It's not just the medical industry. So, somebody I'm working with at the moment in the states, she had worked with. She's worked with quite a few people, and one of them was a very, very big name in sexuality. And she did a course with this person, and she felt like a failure because she was feeling numbness and she's got a whole history of big stuff, big stuff. And um, she was really feeling like she was broken and not getting anywhere. And that it was never she was never going to get anywhere. And she said to me, she said that she walked away from doing that course with that person feeling like, Oh, perhaps I'm just not ramming hard enough. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's just this is coming from a a female sexuality teacher, you know, and just my whole body had a very similar response to you. It's just like, "Oh, you know, um I'm a real oh. fan of going slow, steady, gentle because whether you've i mean everybody's experienced some kind of stuff hmm. you know sure. if you're in a female body, if you've got a vulva you get you know you can't help but carry something even if it's not trauma with a big T Um, and if we don't go slow and steady what we're doing is overriding our own internal boundaries which might not be a very strong function we override our nervous system and that really sets us up for for not really getting anywhere. And it can cause more harm than good. So I'm a big fan of going slow and steady. And if you're going to put anything inside you and shove things up there, you really need to be at a point where you know your body enough to make sure you're getting a yes before anything goes inside. Which means
0: that you can't do it if you're numb, because then you can't feel anything.
1: Yeah, well, it can be also a... um felt sense kind of intuitive knowing so what i recommend to people is to start getting a, a good connection with your your own body by getting regularly like morning and evening before you go to sleep and just when you wake up is putting one hand on your heart and the other just cupping your vulva on the outside mm. and just starting to feel this connection between the two and kind of mm. saying hello and making friends mm. um for some people that even that's confronting you know mm. uh but this is how we start to thaw things out gently mm. okay. um and it might be that and and making sure you get a yes before anything goes inside so fingers cocks yoni eggs crystal dildos whatever it is you're using mm. you know is to really tune into that and as you mentioned yoni eggs they're seen as this kind of panacea it's like a, a quick fix and the amount of times people say to me oh should i just get a jade egg was that is that going to help me and it's like there's much more to it than that and i used to do internal body work when i was in thailand and australia and i have trained a bunch of practitioners and i have worked internally on God knows how many hundreds of people, and um, I would say about eighty percent of the people I worked with were more on the over tight side of a pelvic floor and less on the oh, less on the. the that's leg. another one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so. so can we talk about well, that? Yeah. Can we
0: talk yeah. about this fallacy? Because I, th- I think nearly half half women over forty have, uh, stress incontinence, they yeah. say, yeah, yeah. And the standard advice is to do kegels. Yeah. And my experience as echoes yours, that mostly it's, um, it's, uh, too much tightness or, and generally an imbalance. So every time you do a kegel, you get.
1: You're stressing it more. Yeah. You get more and more tight. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. How, how,
0: how can you, how do you support people to create healthy tone? That's a good mm. question. Now that, that isn't a yeah. shove it up there question, is it? That's yeah, a very that's good question. That's a yeah, right exactly. question. How, how yeah. do we create yeah. vibrant, healthy tone in our pelvic floors?
1: Yeah, healthy support, tone. and yeah. Yeah, that's it. Containment. Yeah, and healthy, healthy tone is exactly what is the kind of the optimum. So um, suppleness rather than tightness, you know, just to feel healthy. Um, and if you think about the daily stress, let go of Kegels for a moment and just think about daily stress that we carry in our lives. Often in female bodies, we hold it in say, our jaw. Uh, okay. nah. <laughs> yeah. <Uh-oh. Pelvic> floor, <laughs> and you'll notice everything kind of goes everything everything gets locked up and so we can work with if we work with opening the jaw and we work with softening the belly mm-hmm. which is a big one for for females because we've been conditioned from being young girls to suck our stomachs in and hold everything tight. That blocks pleasure, it causes stress in our system. The more we can let everything flop and hang loose and be soft, Mm. then we can feel more pleasure and have more energy flowing through the body. Mm. And so then with the pelvic floor, even just having one finger internally and just smoothing and massaging out the walls, you'll feel it relax in your shoulders shoulders are another area shoulders jaw you'll feel everything start to drop and soften and so, so you-
0: where now mm. as I have a little experience of this and part of the difficulty was that is finding the right position to be in yep so you can do it
1: with your- yeah. <laughs> in, a, yeah. pre-
0: in a present way so how how yeah. do you recommend we do that? What um, position? Physically?
1: Practically. Yeah, um, a cushion under your buttocks, lying on your back, cushion under your buttocks is really is, is gives you a bit of a pelvic tilt. So it's easier mm. to to do that. Or you can do it where you lie with kind of one leg over the other. So you're kind of half turned okay. um, is a yeah. nice position. Um, this is also where foreign objects come in helpful. If you use something like a, a Thera wand or a glass one, something like this that's more you know I what I thought you like, said I thought you said a thurman <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting <laughs> um, scaphological humor <laughs> oh, but as you were yeah but working with something neutral like that's one thing I like about glass wands and thorough ones okay. is that they're they're neutral um there's nothing's buzzing or vibrating and causing more stress in your system mm. uh, It's not plastic or anything like that so and just just using that means you can go for longer because you're not tiring your arm out but i think initially it's really helpful to get that brain finger tactile what can i feel Mm. you know using your fingers as as uh, a sensory be so that you get the experience of being the toucher and the touched at the same time Mm. is is really helpful for your Mm. your mind body connection Mm. Um, and this stuff if if you get a yes if you get a yes yeah and if not then what i would say is if you are doing kegels focus on if you're squeezing making sure you fully relax properly after each squeeze and then see if you can relax a bit more (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just constantly check throughout the day am i holding tightness or am i relaxed here Mm -hmm. that in itself is just bringing mental awareness there Doing a sigh where you breathe out through your mouth and you're ah oh, and and giving your pelvic floor permission to soften as you do it, like oh, through your whole mm. body, even that is a start mm. yeah yeah. so that's really helpful, so that's we've
0: got practical things for people to try mm. and I would also say to um I guess I have a a question about smoothing things out.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: that even that can sometimes be too much. Yeah. I, yeah. I would suggest that just holding and asking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Inquiring,
0: hello, good afternoon, yeah, yeah, yeah. pelvic floor. Yeah. How are you doing today? And yeah. just shaking hands can is absolutely yeah. making... I mean, I'm I'm making a silly voice, but making contacts is totally. actually the gold standard because it's not pathologizing it's contactful and relational
1: yeah exactly and that can be outside it can be at the entrance just that staying still and breathing Mm -hmm. and if stuff if stuff needs to move and you need to cry or burp or whatever whatever comes up then then let that happen and the mm. beautiful thing about doing it yourself is you've got full control over how far you go mm. you're able to self-regulate and pause and stop mm. and as you say just that being still inside sometimes that can be the most profound mm. thing just staying still um and i have somebody i worked with who's a scientist and she says you know um she it clicked for her when she realized because most of us are going going inside and trying to dig for pleasure or hunt for orgasm and then that it's elusive and the more it's female sexuality is not goal orientated and the more we try and chase for a goal the harder it can be sometimes and that's also then when we start to tense up and we start to create tension in the body instead of what it's called relaxed arousal. And so, as the scientist, once she just once she got it, it's like <clears throat> I really encourage people just to be curious, mm. just to be attentive, as you say, and just to say hello. Mm. She's like, oh right, so, so ah, she's like, okay, so I'm just as a scientist, I'm just gathering the data, without judgment and yeah. i'm just observing yeah. and i'm just noticing and that shifted everything for her and she started mm. experiencing g-spot orgasms that she'd never had before and mm. just working through things just because she's just being curious and noticing what's there mm. yeah yeah that
0: my experience with body work i don't i don't i've never done internal body work but the most profound shifts for clients was nearly always just showing up yeah and hanging out with them yeah and observing, witnessing what the body wanted to do.
1: Yeah, that's it. You know, exactly. and
0: I don't see why internal work should be any different.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And the more, the more that we try and I going to try and loosen up. The more that, as you yeah. say, with with goal orientated stuff, the more you try and release,
1: the worse it gets in a way. Yeah. I must release. Exactly, exactly. And this pushing and striving mm. is like well, isn't that um, an expression of the rest of our lives that are not maybe functioning as well? Like when Mm -hmm. we push and strive, things don't flow <laughs> and things don't feel intuitive and we don't feel as mm. creative and particularly as we get older this pushing and striving it's just like, mm. oh, that's the last thing i want to do you know mm. it really really doesn't work <laughs> and um, no, yeah. i keep trying but it still yeah, doesn't work <laughs> <yeah>. that's it <laughs> we we've got so deeply ingrained in this culture to push and strive mm. and and as one of my i'm training a, a group of facilitators at the moment we had a call last night and um, somebody was saying about how you know just rest and taking time is such a huge um it's like this is like how we step outside of <laughs> patriarchy and capitalism and all the things it's like mm. it's radical mm. it really is radical yeah mm. Okay,
0: so I have, I have quite a negative view of tantra. I have to, you I, I mean, full, know, full disclosure here, I've observed um, friends training and going through the process. And while it looks to me like very similar to the sort of bodywork work training that I, and the body psychotherapy and biodynamic training and all that kind of thing about allowing the energy to move and being friends and developing relationship and all that kind of thing, it's all very good, but there seems to be a lot of power dynamics and general, general wankery and toss uh, and abuse. And I guess when I come to think about it, that's really why I wanted to talk to you because great,
1: can I get seemed, on my soapbox <laughs>
0: in a second? Because you seem to me like quite a safe person, and an authentic and a present person, and somebody who is trustworthy with good boundaries. But there's a lot of shit
1: out there. Oh and so much abuse so much okay now assume the position thank you um this is one of the reasons why i won't use the word tantra anymore um because um i don't see my work as tantra i used to call it tantra and that was in the days where i wasn't really clear on what was neo-tantra and what's classical tantra which has got hardly anything to do with sexuality and is very Mm. very different so um i stepped out and i basically stepped out of this whole communities Um when i was in thailand and it was all a bit of a free-for-all i was in an environment that was full of general anarchy and abuse and i ended up going public about the abuse that i experienced um, and led to a very global media um, thing um, the guy is still there teaching and his school is still running but um, the whole dynamics of masculine, feminine, um, played out in very distorted ways. And basically, as women, we were groomed to be playthings, submissive playthings for men, to look a certain way, to dress a certain way, and it was very, very unhealthy. And when you set this this thing up, of particularly when you've got male teachers telling female students how to be in their bodies and how to experience their sexuality when you've got power and sexual energy and money in the mix it's a very 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 dangerous dangerous precedent so i am a i i yeah i just cannot get behind this at all um and i don't believe it's a safe place so i'm a real this is what kind of spurred me to develop my own body of work is I want female-bodied individuals to learn from other female-bodied individuals where there's less of a power dynamic at play, where people can learn safely without without being um, led down the route of you need to sleep with the guru to mm-hmm. receive an initiation or whatever it is, or going for a bodywork session with a male practitioner who, when you're in a very open, expansive state, mm-hmm decides that the healing you need is with his holy cock or whatever it is you know um this this stuff plays out in many many ways or as i've seen a lot of these circles people being told well you're just not open enough and that's your trauma and you know you need to embrace your shadow and all this stuff when these people are not trained therapists and they're more interested in getting bums on seats Mm. and and being the the leader on the stage or whatever it is and having a honey pot of people to to pick and mix with, it's it's so, so so dangerous and so damaging, um, and can actually reinforce all of this conditioning that we're trying to unwind. And it it's just yeah, you know, it's like feel like we're stripping away one set of bad conditioning and replacing it with another mm. unhealthy version. And a lot of it is telling people how they should feel rather than giving people the tools to discover for themselves what they feel. Um, Yeah. And so my work is really about, I don't tell people how to feel. I don't tell them breathe into your heart and feel bliss or breathe into your pussy and feel pleasure. It's like, well, no, you tune in and you tell me what you're feeling or not feeling. And that's a much more empowering place to be in because then you get to explore for yourself and you are the the person who knows your body and your emotions better than anybody else so yeah
0: would you agree that a lot of the um, empowerment industry Mm -hmm. serves to disempower people
1: yeah a large chunk (laughs) of it does yeah (laughs) Because it's set up as this is what's wrong with you, yeah. I'm the I'm the person with all the tools to fix you. And mm. when I see people online saying, "I empower people to blah blah yeah. blah," it's like straight away there we've got a problem. <laughs> you know, my lens on it is
0: oh, could you could you be specific? What do you think that problem is exactly?
1: Um, well, my my issue with that is that you're not giving people the tools to empower themselves. You know, okay. people people oh i see yeah yeah, yeah okay. that really you can what we want is for people to be able to empower themselves if you're coming in saying i'm empowering you to do this the power is with you not not the <laughs> other <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and yeah. you know we want power within not power over
0: yeah, yeah. i actually i can feel i just feel so upset and so I, I feel absolutely furious mm. about this. I feel so angry because not only are people handing over large lumps of cash to be less mm-hmm. empowered, mm. but also their trauma.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that's their, their little children. You know, their inner little, little inner frightened little inner kids, and yeah. they're told to suck it up. And I,
1: yeah. Yeah, or they're pushed over an edge that they're not ready mm. to go over. Or they bounce around from person to person looking for answers, doing this, doing all the courses, mm. and then feeling more like a failure because they didn't get the results that everybody else in the room mm. looked to be getting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So for somebody who's interesting, interested in exploring pleasure and sexuality, in a safe way, how can they tell, beyond feeling in their guts, how can they tell if somebody is reputable and safe or
1: not? Uh, well, the gut feeling is something that should never be overridden. Well, of, well, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that's, you know, because we we'll yeah. look back and think, God, you know, I went to that first workshop and it fell off, but I stayed with it and I kept going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've all got our own stories of that, I'm sure. Yes. Um, so trust that gut feeling yes. uh, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to do the research, ask the questions. What sort of questions should people be asking? Great question. Like asking what someone's experience, background, training is. Mm. Um, will give you an indication. Oh, there's the doorbell. Can I? Oh, <laughs> ding, ding dong. dong. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, who was that? Was that something nice? It was the postman. I tell oh. you, it's um moving into a new place during a pandemic and having to finish it with <sighs> online shopping is quite something. <laughs> uh, so we were talking were we? about we were talking about
0: good questions to ask yes. course leaders yeah. or therapists to check out if they're safe. But even if you know you know where they've trained, that doesn't yes. necessarily.
1: That doesn't mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. And getting referrals from other people is helpful, Mm -hmm. but also bear in mind that, you know, I've had plenty, I know plenty of people who say so and so is wonderful and I had a great experience. It's not always going to mean that you are going to have the same, the same thing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, asking whether they're trauma informed and whether they've done work on that is helpful
0: Um, oh how about how about you ask them if they're trauma-informed and then you say and what what (laughs) what training did you do
1: exactly exactly you can check that yeah because that's that's
0: more um uh legislated
1: yes yeah 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 definitely um and yes and like really just asking questions about things like if it's going to be in a workshop situation or how many you know, do you have other people helping to hold the space? Do you have assistance? Mm. Um, what are the what are the boundaries? What's the expectations? Things like, what happens if I don't feel comfortable doing a certain exercise? You know, asking those questions up front
0: mm.
1: will help you because it's very difficult. In say, if you go to a group thing and there's 30 people in the room, and you're the one person who doesn't feel comfortable doing an exercise to. Mm it's not enough for people to say for facilitators to say oh you can sit out if you want just put your hand up because you're going to feel super uncomfortable doing that so mm-hmm. it needs to be set up in a way that people feel safe to lean in every step of the way mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so yeah it, it is a minefield um uh, there are great people out there doing great work but you know um this is definitely something to pay attention to. Mm. Yeah.
0: And what about asking about um, disabilities and and how, Intention. you know, how in, yeah. inclusivity and, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I my first question that I wrote down was for you to sort of circle back to the beginning was mm. how can we feel pleasure when we have been trained visually to look like a slim white half-dressed body set up for a heterosexual male gaze yeah and that doesn't include any kind of disability or mm-hmm. anything that is not white yeah or anything that is other than, <laughs> other than passive
1: yeah yeah and that's why a lot of the work <clears throat> a lot of the work i do is you know movement practices are done within the parameters of what your body can move can do and it's a a solo internal experience that you're doing it with your eyes closed and you're really focusing on what you're feeling so it's really about feeling rather than how we look i mean there's a huge thing there yeah because it's this is such a big thing about the male gaze is such a big topic you know Mm -hmm. um and as you say it's this is—it's re- this is where we really need to focus on what we can feel from the inside, rather than how we, mm. how we look to somebody else. Like mm. looking sexy means nothing, <laughs> yeah. And I see so many so many people market themselves in that way particularly on instagram you see these i call them the insta chicks and the the goddesses and the witches or whatever they want to call themselves and it it looks so disembodied to me mm. um and people will say to me they'll say oh i can f- i just can't feel them there's no depth or substance there it's just it's all about how they look mm. rather than having something." deeply felt yeah does mm-hmm. that make sense yes <laughs> oh absolutely yeah that's
0: exactly what i see yeah and it, you know if you if you're semi semi-dressed and looking gorgeous on instagram then you'll get more likes you
1: know? yeah but yeah when that comes back to do you it's but like yeah yeah exactly it's like do you want to keep feeding that or do you want to dismantle those systems of oppression that are in your your body and your nervous system and unwind Mm. them so that you can feel more powerful Mm. yeah
0: yes absolutely
1: so here we are our
0: our vulvas have spoken to our hearts our hearts have spoken (laughs) to our vulvas numbness is on the way out sensation is on the way in embodiment we like that term obviously we're in a body we're feeling it you know you got it all going on you're kind of doing a bit of groovy dancing I'm doing a bit <laughs> of groovy dancing and that uh, you have all the pleasure you have um so then maybe you want to do that with another person mm-hmm. and that's of uh, the whole there's fu- another fucking can of worms right yeah yeah
1: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so how do you take this libido filled streaming body and then encounter another body
1: it's so interesting because when you get with another body that you've got so many things in the mix you've got two bodies trying to get it right you've got arousal trying to match arousal levels you've got chemistry you've got things moving bumping whatever you know especially if it's with somebody new and it's all a bit awkward or on the other hand you've been with someone so long that it's like an old pair of slippers and not very exciting um you know there's a whole range there but this is why the focus of my work is really on helping people get clear on feeling pleasure for themselves because often what i find is they find it much easier to be aroused and turned on and have libido when they've got the hot lovers in town and and things just light up much more naturally it's often harder to get that going for yourself when you are just day in day out on your own and you get to the end of the day and oh i'm too tired to give myself any pleasure or whatever it is um so there's there's pros and cons with it But what I've discovered with all the clients I've worked with and my own journey as well is that when you've got this more running for yourself and you say you've been doing all the things and it's starting to feel really good, you're sensitising yourself to feel more pleasure. So when you are with somebody, it's easier to access that and you're not starting from ground zero. Mm -hmm. Um, You're Mm -hmm. going to be less in your head. Uh, But of course, then you know what often happens, particularly in couples is you know if if one person's desire doesn't light up or you know you don't get a yes from your vulva for example and then your partner then feels that they've done something wrong or they feel rejected and they shut down and it becomes this vicious Mm. vicious cycle and it kind of impacts each other so um the more we can focus on our own stuff and get it running for ourselves it's easier to then it's easier then to be with a partner and the wonderful thing about my work is with somebody I'm working with at the moment, she hadn't had sex with a partner, her husband for over a year, and now they've through the work we've done together, she now feels ready to reconnect with him and they're coming together in a whole new way. and so he's curious about the work we've been doing. and so she's and I'm like, right, get him on board, you know, mm. get him to explore inside and you tell him what what areas are what all these different areas this is my g-spot this is this this is that and to get hit so that you're working as a team Mm -hmm. and and also about calibrating getting much clearer on speaking up when something's working really well Mm -hmm. and and voicing when things are not working well or you've finding a way to express it if you shut down and you can't verbalize it all of these things it requires nuance and it requires getting a little bit uncomfortable Mm. um, because we're not taught how to communicate Mm. this stuff Mm. and we have so many assumptions about what's going on for the other person Mm. and the more you can get used to saying, how does this feel would you like more how's this oh yeah that's really working give me more of that left a bit right a bit whatever it is Mm. the more chance you've got of getting your needs met Um, and the more fulfilling and emotionally satisfying that is for both parties so yeah, yeah.
0: communication mm-hmm.
1: there's the thing that easy yeah. thing i can do that <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> so good in theory <laughs> oh yeah
0: so messy in practice
1: yeah, yeah.
0: always a work in progress yeah. Yeah. um i wanted to ask you is that in i know you're not in the tantric world so that you know mm-hmm. that there seems to be, okay, you have we have more awareness and more acceptance and we're letting go of the shame and that's all good. But a new hierarchy then emerges of orgasm. Mm-hmm. Not <laughs> mm. so suddenly it's not enough to have an orgasm. It has to be a whole body orgasm or a G-spot orgasm or a cervical orgasm or a squirty orgasm or a it's like Yeah. Oh come on. <laughs> it's like you know, another hierarchy emerges instantly.
1: Yeah, and the environment I was in in Thailand really shamed clitoral orgasms. And that was seen as- Excuse me? mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was seen as unconscious. Dr. Freud is in the building. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was seen as, you know, really unconscious. This is what the the mainstream sheep do. um, And we're better than that. Um, Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I really believe that any orgasm is better than no orgasm. Any pleasure is better than no pleasure. And considering the vast number of female-bodied individuals that don't experience or haven't at this point experienced orgasm, mm. um, and of those who do, the vast majority only experience it on their own and not with their partner mm. because of what we talked about. So. Um, any orgasm is better than no orgasm. Um, there is this whole amazing world inside of G-spot and cervical orgasms, which is can feel incredibly profound and more emotionally satisfying and can go mm. on a lot longer mm. and can take you into all kinds of cosmic, amazing. Well,
0: and then you get the kind of spiritual hierarchy. Well, actually, when I have sex, you know, it's not I'm just a release. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I have sex with God. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do <the> washing up. <laughs> <laughs> and you know each their own yeah you know? i really yeah. believe we just meet ourselves where we are it's it's helpful to know there's so much more than what we've always experienced because the mm. thing is we get to this point in our lives and we've defined very clear arousal patterns in our system with new neuro, neuro pathways um with our body's responses tension responses it's like if i do this i get i go from a to z and it becomes mm. this very very narrow pathway that that gets defined and's um we see it in men when they watch porn for example it's like that get that gets um intensified even more and instead it's like well The magic happens when we take these goals off the table and we focus on being curious. What am I feeling today? It can vary every day because of moods, hormones, stress, everything else. And just exploring with no goal and being open to experiencing new possibilities.
0: So just to back the truck up a bit, we have to develop new neural pathways.
1: We don't have to, but it's super helpful. I think the more we do that, the more we can expand... Uh, understanding what pleasure is Mm. we can spread it through the rest of the body and it's not just a genital thing but it's full bodied Mm. um and we get to we get to heighten sensations by doing that so we feel more and orgasms get stronger Mm. just by being more sensitive to things um and that it's it's helpful because when we have more pleasure and orgasmic states available to us um it feels awesome (laughs) it feels it's fun you know it's fun and it's nourishing Mm. and this this is like it's like we're just able to access more life force more energy more creativity more more confidence more sense of being ourselves and that's Mm. that's what it's about for me so people come to me because they often the the sign on the door is they want to help with the orgasms but the work is really about well, what's going on in your life? Where are you saying mm. yes to things that you should be saying no to? Where are mm. you where are you not in alignment? You know, where are mm. you prioritizing everybody else's needs instead of your own and all these other other things that we all the balls we have in the air at yeah.
0: mm. I'm not gonna make a joke about juggling balls. I will not <laughs> make a joke, Oh whoops, I just did it. Okay. I couldn't resist. So <laughs> To conclude, could you give us a something actionable that people can do today Mm -hmm. to increase the amount of pleasure in their lives?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. So this has been a huge thing for, I mean, I've been locked down for a year now. You know, Mm -hmm. I did the whole of lockdown in Melbourne and then moved here and locked down. And one of the things that supported me and all my lockdown clients has been finding simple pleasure and joy and and aliveness in the small daily things so Mm. when you're going for your daily walk you know noticing the new buds on the trees as we're coming into spring noticing the uh, flower that wasn't there the other day or just that feeling of sun on your skin or dancing every day with your eyes closed just for one song is going to really support you having my favorite thing at the moment is having a nice long bath and playing sound healing music and it's just like something about it is just like oh this is just really really awesome you know reading reading good fiction anything you know having a having a a beautiful cup of hot chocolate the things that feel good to you Mm -hmm. like just bring that mindfulness and that awareness to it so you're not just doing it mechanically but you're actually like oh yeah this feels really good Mm -hmm. um that just opens up new pathways to pleasure in your body um and then we're not just because we spend so much time on our devices it's like we need to feel yeah thank you yeah and thank you
0: so much for your expertise and your time and thank you for entertaining all my naughty questions and oh this is so much fun seriously (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have a whole other list (laughs) <laughs> which would be another
1: hour
0: but we'll save those
1: for another time yeah I'm happy to do a part two <laughs> oh, look forward to <laughs> thank you mangala thank you kate that's been really awesome
0: mangala's online program orgasmic confidence starts on the 14th of April 2021 and you can find more information about that and about Mangala at Mangala, that's M-A-N-G-A-L-A, Holland, H-O-L-L-A-N-D.com, that's MangalaHolland.com. If you have experienced abuse or toxic power dynamics in workshops or classes, please know that there is support available for you. And there are some links in the show notes to organisations that can help you. And if you fancy joining me over in the conversation on Instagram, you can find me at Kate Codrington. I'd love to hear how Mangler's advice is working out for you. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the fascinating episodes I have coming up. There's some about letting go, about activism in menopause, the subtle hell of perfectionism and how to avoid it, grief, mindfulness, and loads more. And remember, looking sexy means nothing. Giving yourself pleasure means everything. See you later, hot stuff.